Uh, good morning. Good morning. Good morning. Okay, you have to do better than that. Good morning. How's everybody doing today? All right. All right. All right. I just, if you don't mind, can you stand to your feet with me? I just want to continue in the atmosphere of, of worship um, as we begin to prepare our hearts to hear a word. Um, you know, I, I am someone who, I don't know about you, but when I reflect on what God has done for me throughout the course of my life, I've made a, I've made a commitment that I'm never going to allow an opportunity to go by without me giving him thanks, without me worshiping him, um, because I know I would not be standing here. If I had uh, uh, hours and hours, I would tell you about my testimony. I would tell you about how I got to the point I am right now, um, but I don't have that much time. Um, but I do know that I, I am, I'm not going to let this moment go by without just dwelling in his presence a little bit more. Is that okay with you? So um, what I'm going to do, what I'm going to do, I'm blessed to have my wife here with me. And um, she's going to come up and just uh, create an atmosphere for us to continue to worship in. If you know the song, feel free to sing along. If you don't, let's just begin to prepare our hearts uh, to, to receive the word of God um, as we worship together. Hallelujah. Praise the Lord. At our church, we say praise the Lord. Amen. Praise the Lord. There's nothing worth more that could ever come close. Nothing can compare. You're our living hope. Your presence, Lord. Your presence, Lord. Holy Spirit. overcome you in his presence lord we want to be overcome in your presence we want to hear what you have to say to us lord so open our eyes open our ears unstop our ears god we're here to receive from you and we thank you for your presence right now in this moment hallelujah 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 
come on one more time say holy spirit you are welcome here come flood this place and fill the for this opportunity that we have to be in your presence and father i'm praying that as i prepare to share the word today lord that you will use all of me but although it's my voice that your people will hear i am praying that is your revelation it is your insight that they receive father my prayer today is that you will continue to do something brand new in our lives that we will not leave this time today the same way we walked in Father, I am praying that something will be imparted in us today that will change our lives, not just for a moment, but forever. Father, we give you permission to continue to have your way today. In the mighty name of Jesus, we pray Let all God's children say amen, amen, amen. Let's give God a shout of praise. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. Can you give me a little bit more? My voice is, thank you. Woo. I love when God decides to have his own plan about how the service is going to flow. Amen. So I'm on assignment today to encourage you. Um, for those of you who don't know who I am, um, I, I am Pastor Will Bullock. I am from Jubilee Christian Church. My wife and I moved out here with our three lovely children about two years ago to start a church. We are planting a church in the Worcester area. Um, we live about five minutes from here. Our children um, are blessed to be a part of this school. And um, we've just been blessed. I was here on, on July 4th. And I was blessed to be able to minister to you then. And I'm excited about the assignment that I have today. So at Jubilee, I usually ask this question before I get started. Are you ready to hear the word? Are you ready to hear the word? Okay, okay. So I know that you all have been deep into the book of Hebrews uh, for uh, where this is what month number eight? month number eight or so. So, so I, I, I'm just going to uh, take on my part 
of, of the assignment today. And I know that you have been going through a, a lot in chapter, in the, the, in chapter 10. Um, we've really got a good picture of sort of what the author of this text is trying to compel and trying to share these Jewish Christians who are at this point in their journey where they are trying to figure out whether to keep moving forward or to retreat or to go back because of what they're going through. And as, as, as I shared a couple of weeks ago, I know that we all have experienced things in our lives, moments in our lives where we've had to ask ourselves the same question. Do I keep moving forward or do I go back? Do I keep pushing forward or do I go back? Over the past uh, week or so, uh, last, uh, last week, my family took our annual vacation. And we, my wife and I, we've been married for 15 years. And uh, put your hands together for 15 years. Listen, some of you all in the room are like, oh, 15 years, big deal. Like, I've been married for 30 or 40. But see, what you don't understand is that nowadays, 15 years is a long time. So, so when I say put your hands together 15 years, that's an amen, hallelujah, 15 years. But, but we had decided early on in our marriage that we, want to, we wanted to establish some family traditions. We wanted to establish a culture in our family. And making sure we set aside time each year to take a family vacation was one of the things that we decided to do. On this particular vacation, though, you know, my kids, we call it a family vacation, but it's not really a vacation for me and my wife. Because my kids really just view us as the people that drive them to where they want to go. We make sure that they are fed, but they really run the agenda. And every single day, my kids want to swim. They are all about swimming. They want to be in the pool from the time it opens to the time it closes. And I, I, I like water, but, but not that much. And so I just deal with it because I love my children. Um, my youngest daughter is five years old, and she, out of my three children, is probably the boldest. She is the one that uh, I feel like, you know, I'm like, man, she doesn't know what the word fear is. And that's always been how she was. But this year, I noticed something different. As she got into the pool this year, in past years, she would just jump. I would have to hold her back like Aria. Don't you, don't, you don't know how to swim, girl, get back here. But this year, she would get into the pool, and she would only go but so far, and then she would go back to the side. And then she would venture out a little bit, but then she, she would hold on to the side because she just didn't want to stray out too far. And I'm looking at her like, hold on for a second. This is not the aria that I am accustomed to. Like, what happened here? So we bought her a floating. We went to Dick's Sporting Good, and I'm not going to tell you how much we paid for that, for that life, I don't want to talk about that, but, but we bought her a life jacket so that she can feel more secure in the pool. And even with that, she still would only go out so far, and then she would go back. And I'm looking at her, and I begin to get frustrated, because I'm saying, Aria, I, I know what you can do. Like, girl, we, we've been paying for swim lessons. You better use those swim lessons. We, 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 have, we have been watching you grow. Where did this fear come from? Why do you feel like you have to go back? And over the course of time throughout the week, I noticed that she would go out a little bit further, but there was still this thing inside of her that made her want to go back to a place of security, a place of comfort. And many of us 
are just like my daughter Aria. In this text, we have the author who is trying to remind these people, remind these Jewish Christians who they are. They're trying to remind them that, hey, you don't have to worry. You don't have to fear. As I shared a couple of weeks ago, I believe that it's important for us to understand who we are and whose we are. And whose we, are. we have to embrace that. We have to understand that. And I love the fact that here in chapter 10, verse 32, they start off this segment by saying, remember those early days after you had received the light, when you endured in a great conflict full of suffering I think it is important for us to remember who we are remember how life was before we saw the light remember who God has created us to be remember the bondage we used to be in but the freedom we now walk in it's important for us to remember this kid can you remember when you first got saved, how many, how many people can actually, now some of you, you know, some of you may, you know, maybe like, ah, oh, it was a long time ago. Some of them like, well, you know, but do you remember the day, the moment, the service that you got saved in? Do you remember that? Do you remember how you felt? I know when I got saved, I didn't get saved during a regular church service. Although I grew up in church, God didn't, that wasn't my journey. I got saved in my bedroom. I was going through a whole bunch of stuff in my life. I was making poor decisions. I was in a place of just feeling discouraged, feeling like I was carrying the load of the world on my shoulders. And right in my bedroom, God met me and he saved me right where I was. And I can tell you, I remember it like it was yesterday. The next day I woke up and I felt brand new. I mean, I had a new walk. I had a new talk. I went to work. Listen, I'm not even playing. I walked into the office and then people looking at me like, did you get a new haircut? Like, are you wearing something? You look, they said that you look different. There's something different about you. There's something that it doesn't feel the same. Have you been there before where it just doesn't feel the same? Like you shift, something shifted in your life. Something has changed in you. You look, listen, you can tell people who have been struggling with sin for a long time because life wears on you. But when you get saved, when you give your life to Christ, when you see the light, you cannot remain the same. And what I love is that the author of this text is telling them to remember. Remember those days when you had received the light. Remember those moments when you gave your life to Christ. Now why? Why is he telling them to remember? Why? Why is this the reminder that he wants them to have? Well, when I think about why he may be asking them this question, I believe it's because in this life that we're living as believers, God never said that it was going to be easy. So if any of you, maybe, maybe this is breaking news, but, but for those of you who um, thought that when you gave your life to Christ, that it was going to be easy street, I'm so sorry. I have some bad news for you. That is not what this life is about. 
like when you give your life to Christ, it's re- you're going to go through some things. I'm, I'm, I'm just here to tell you, you're going to go through some things. You're going to go through some challenges. You're going to go through some persecution. You're going to go through some things that don't always feel good. But the reality is, the, is that you get to walk in a confidence that you didn't have before. Because before you were living life on your own. Before you were depending on yourself to make it through. But now when you give your life to Christ, now you get to walk with God by your side you get to walk with him so that no matter what situation you walk into you know that you will win that's the difference between being in the dark and living in the light when you're in the dark you are depending on your own ability you're depending on yourself to make it but when you have God on your side when you have him with you it doesn't make a difference what the enemy throws at you it doesn't make a difference what the doctors say it doesn't make a difference what the world may say you win I'm going to just let you know right now you win I'm going to let you know say it one more time somebody needs to hear it you win That's why it's important to remember what happens with many of us is that we go through this life and the winds begin to hit us and the waves begin to hit us and we begin to lose track and to lose focus on what and whose we are. Can I tell you that you are more than a conqueror? Can I tell you that that greater is he that is in you than he that is in the world. Can I, can, can I tell you that you can do all things through Christ who strengthens you? That's who you are. That's who you are. My, I believe that part of why I'm here today is simply to do exactly what the author of this text was trying to do for these Jewish Christians. And that is to remind you, to encourage you to keep going. Can you just do me a favor right now? I, can you open your mouth and just and say this? Say, I won't go back. Now, I don't know who you were trying to convince, but you didn't convince me. I want you to say, I won't go back. That was a little bit better, but I want you to look at the enemy right now. The one that has been bothering you all week long. The one that's been trying to get you to go and, and, and cower in the corner. And I want you to speak to the enemy and say, I won't go back. I won't go back. Amen, 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 amen. As we look at... As we continue to look at this passage of scripture, if we go to verse 35, there is something here. Verse 35, chapter 10, verse 35 says, so do not throw away your confidence. It will richly, it will be richly rewarded. When you remember where you came from, when you remember who you are, when you remember whose you are, when you remember what you have in God, what you have through the blood of Jesus, that gives you the ability to walk in confidence. It gives you ability to walk in confidence because you recognize something that is in this text, that your riches, your rewards are not based on what we have here on the earth. What, you're, what God has for you far exceeds anything that you can imagine. If we are only working 
to have earthly wealth, then man, what kind of existence is that? If we're only working to impress people here on this earth, what, what, kind, what, what kind of reward is that? There are some things that we are going to receive here on this earth, but I know that what God has in heaven for us far exceeds it. And it far exceeds anything that we can imagine. So that is why we can stand in confidence because we remember where we came from, but we also know that if we trust in him, we will be richly rewarded. We'll be richly blessed. James chapter 1 verse 12 says it this way. Blessed is the one who perseveres under trial because having stood the test, that person will receive the crown of life that the Lord has promised to those who love him. Did, did you hear that? Now, I wanna, what is the definition of, of perseverance? We're talking about this word perseverance. Perseverance is continued effort to do or achieve something despite difficulties failures or opposition the action or condition or an instance of persevering we are called to persevere we are called to push through we are called to fight through as i said before you are more than a conqueror god has created you to be able to look at giants and the giants must fall that's who you are. That's who you are. As I said, when we look at perseverance, when we look at what we have been called to do, and recognizing that even when we have been called to do certain things, it doesn't always make it any easier. And I think there is no greater example of this than when we look at Jesus in the Garden of Gethsemane. When I think about Jesus, he's about to be betrayed by one of his disciples, by Judas. And he's at this moment where he is in the garden of Gethsemane about to pray. And in that prayer, we have him saying, Father, this, is, this may be more than I can handle. Father, I know why you sent me here. Father, I know why you created me. I know what, what, what you're trying to get me to do, but is there another way? This weight that I'm carrying is far too much. Is there another way? Uh, Father, I know, I, I know that, that, that this plan has been set in motion from the beginning of time, but, but as I think about what, what my assignment is, is there another way? Have you ever been in a situation like that when you, when you think about what God is calling for you to do and then the reality and the weight that falls upon you causes you to question it? Causes you to ask the question, is there another way? Father, I, I, I know no one in my family has ever had a marriage that worked. But is there, I know, is it supposed to be me, God? Father, am I, do I have to be the only one in my family to finish college? Do I have to be the only one in my family to have a house? Is there another way? But I love that at that moment, Jesus realizes something. He says something. He says, yet not as I will but as you will. Not my will, Lord. Not my will, Father. But your will be done. 
Are you someone who was willing to put God's will before your will? Are you someone who is willing to put your plans aside so that God and his plans can be priority in your life? Because when we look at the text as we continue to read, we see that in verse 36 in Hebrews it says, you need to persevere so that when you have done the will of God, you will receive what he has promised. So you have to understand, there are promises that are for us. There are promises that are in the Bible. Actually, there are over 8,000 promises in the Bible. 8,800 to be exact. And out of those 8,000 promises, over 7,000 of them are from God to humanity. And there are promises that God has made to you and they are yours but there's a caveat you need to persevere so that when you have done the will of not the will of John not the will of Mary not the will of Deborah not the will of Pastor Will when you have done the will of God, there are rewards that are connected to it. There are promises that are connected to it. Are you willing to follow his will? Are you willing? Are you willing to put your plans aside? I know that your plans are incredible. I know that your dreams are absolutely unbelievable. But are you willing to put that aside and sacrifice that for what God has for you instead? Now, look, I am a pastor. Never thought I was going to be a pastor. Was not my plan. Was not my wish. Didn't dream about it. Didn't, I, I didn't want to do it. If I'm being honest with you, being a pastor is a call. When I was in high school, if you asked me what I was going to be, I was going to be an R&B star. I was going to be a singer. I was going to be someone who had R&B albums. And was going to travel all around the world making music that many people would have children to. <laughs> if I'm being honest. That is what I thought I was going to do. But you know what? I realized something. That the more I tried to make my plan happen, the more closed doors I faced. The more closed doors I faced. And it wasn't until I stopped trying to make my will happen and fell in line with his will that God began to open doors. That I began to receive all the blessings that he had for me. And now I'm in a place, I didn't think I was going to be a pastor, but I realized that God has been preparing me for this moment my entire life. He's been preparing me for this moment my entire life. I was, on, I was someone who was a farmer. I farmed for about... 15 years of my life and I thought that that was my call too I didn't realize that back then when I was 15 years old kneeling on my knees picking stuff and, and weeding stuff that God was preparing me for this moment he was preparing me for this season of my life 
He was trying to teach me the difference between being someone that follows my will and someone that follows his plan. Are you willing? I know that's not something that's going to cause for you to shout and get excited. But that's my assignment today to ask you that question. Are you, are you willing? Because as we follow the will of God, his word says that we will receive what he has promised. Do you want what he has promised? Now, as I'm closing, my children are phenomenal children. But one thing that you don't want to do with my kids is you don't want to promise them something. Because when you promise them something, they, I don't know if you, my, I think my kids may be unique. But when I promise my kids something, they will not let me forget. They will follow me around from room to room, day to day. Dad, do you remember what you, yes, I remember what I said, I said it. They will not let you forget. But usually when I promise them something that's connected to a request from me. I will get you this, but first you have to do this. And when they come back at me asking me, Dad, I, I say, hold on. Did you do what I said to do? Did you clean your room? Usually the answer is, um, uh, uh, you know, uh, did, 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 you, did you take out the trash? Did you put your clothes away? And many of us want the promise Many of us want the promise. We're like, God, remember what you said? Remember what you said, God? And God is like, yeah, I know what I said. I, I know what I said, but I also said that you need to follow my will. So are you willing? Are you willing? If I had more time, I, I, I always feel like I have, so, I, I have so much to say to you all. But the question is, are you willing tonight? Are you willing today? And then when we look at, if we go deeper, next time I come, if I come back, I'm going to talk about a little bit more when it comes to how do you figure out the will of God? How do you find out the will of God? And I'll give you a snapshot. The way you find out the will of God is through having a relationship with him. If you want to know what the will of God is for your life, you need to have a relationship with him. How do you build a relationship with God? Through prayer. Through worship and through reading his word. It's not rocket science. When I was dating my wife, I wanted to know everything there was about her. I wanted to know what made her smile, what she liked, what food she liked, what she didn't like, where she liked to go, what she liked to do. The only way I could find those things out was to spend time with her, was to talk to her, was to do research on her. Guess what? God is the same way. If you want to know what God's plan is for your life, how about you talk to him? I know, I know it's a revolutionary idea. But how, how about, how, if you want to know what, what's on God's heart, how about you wake up in the morning time and pray? Talk to, talk, he's waiting there for you. He wants to know, he wants to commune with you. If you want to know what, what God's plan is. How about you read his word? I, I know it's not flashy. But how about you read the word of God? 
In the NIV, there is over 700,000 words. When I look at the story of the parable of the sower, Jesus talks about the word being the seed. The word of God being seed and your heart being the soil. Which if there are 700,000, over 700,000 words in the Bible, we have to recognize that's over 700,000 seeds that can be sown into your life. If you read it, and if you apply it, it can change your life forever. It can change your life forever. So, my question is, are you willing? Are you willing? Are you willing? I don't need you to answer audibly for me right now. I just want you to ask yourself, are you willing to follow his plans? Because as you do that, there are promises that are yours. And I also know that as we continue to proceed in God, that he's not looking for us to go back to the way we used to be. Many of us are striving for and having a challenge with this new normal that the world is talking about. And we're saying, no, I, I, I like the way it used to be. I like the old way of life. But can I tell you that the reality is that I know that we like the way it used to be. But I don't know how much God liked the way it used to be. I know that we like the way church was. But I don't know if God loved the way church was. And what we made it to be. We have an opportunity to reset. When I was a child, we played video games, and whenever I wanted to start something over, usually when I was losing, I wanted to accidentally hit the reset button so I can start over again. Where I feel like we have had the opportunity to reset. We can reset this thing. The question is, are you willing? I'm not sure who this word is for, but I just want you to close your eyes right now, everybody in the room, if you can. And if you're willing to be honest with yourself and with God, and you know that you're somebody who has sort of strayed off course a little bit, you know that that you're in this place where you're, you're feeling challenged, you're feeling like you're not sure exactly what direction you, you're supposed to be going in, and you know that the reason why you may be off track a little bit is because you've been following your plan more than God's plan. If you're willing to admit that, I want you, everybody's eyes are closed, so I just want you to throw your hand up real quick. If you're saying that, God, today, I want to get back on your plan. I want, I want to follow your will. I see you. I see you. I see you, I see you, I see you all over the room, I see you. If you're saying today, God, I, I've tried it my own way, I've done it my own way, and I'm not happy with where I am, I know that this is not where you need for me to be. I, Father, I, I want to, help me reset, help me reset and follow your plan for my life. If that's you, just raise your hand. I want to pray over you right now. Father God, I thank you and praise you for allowing your word to speak to us. 
Father, I thank you for the Holy Spirit that is inside of us that can even make us feel convicted at times. Lord, I'm praying right now for each person in this room that lifted their hands today. I'm praying right now that as they have taken a step of faith by publicly acknowledging that they need you, Father, may you step into their lives. Can you step into their lives right now? Can you intercede on their behalves right now? Father, can you put them back on the course that you have set for them right now in the name of Jesus? Father, may you allow them to see their life not just through their eyes, but may you give them the opportunity to see life through, their, through your eyes. Father, may they also, I'm praying right now that we remove the spirit of guilt. Father, in anyone who's feeling like they have lost time, like they have let too much time go by and now they can't be used by you, Father, may we please rebuke that idea in the name of Jesus. Father, right now I am praying that everybody under the sound of my voice will allow you to step into their lives and to redirect them so that we will never get to a point where we are shrinking back and wanting to go back to a place of safety. Father, may we continue to walk out into the deep. And we continue to walk out into the deep part of the ocean, Lord, where we can trust you and only you. So, Father, we give you our lives today. We give you our wills and our plans today. In the name of Jesus, we pray. Let all God's children say amen. 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 Put your hands together for the Spirit of God being in this room. Hallelujah. Thank you, Lord. Thank you, Lord. We praise you, Lord. Thank you, Father God.